Okay, welcome to another episode of Mind the Music. It is the last one of the year. I am so excited. It's like two years in a row already, and I get to finish off this year with May. Hello, May. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to this conversation, and I think. I'm sure it will be so interesting to have this conversation around um, the creative sober, which I will let you dive into um, a little bit later on. But so before we do that, I just really want you to share with everybody who's listening, who's tuning in, um, a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, just a little bit of a backstory so we can get an idea of um, who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I go through my alias Missing May. Um, I've been in the DJ industry since 2003 and um, at an early age when I was in Hawaii I discovered dance music through warehouse raves um, then making my move over to the U.S. and discovering you know even a bigger scene of what that looks like and so that inspired my uh, interest in dance music and that's kind of how I got into DJing and um, did quite a bit of that and discovering what my creative niche is as far as music and uh, the audience and even the community and the environment um, and so I did that quite a bit until 2009 and um, you know kind of went into an area a gray area of what music looks like in my life Mm -hmm. as well as uh, the healthy aspect of it. So mentally, physically, you know, as some of you may know, there's a lot of long hours and work that go into producing or DJing and just even the lifestyle in general takes a lot of energy. And um, naturally, I come from an introverted perspective. And so a lot of that lifestyle entailed being extroverted so networking getting to know people promoting yourself um, a lot of that kind of took a toll on me so i took a break um, in 2009 ish and started to figuring out that i kind of needed a break from it and so i decided that i wanted to focus my creative aspect into writing and just rediscovering who I was and getting healthy again. And I emerged back into music a couple of years ago. Um, and just to give some backstory of that, I was in sobriety for about four years and then relapsed for three years. And so my new sobriety date is July 1st, 2019. Congratulations. So I have Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's been quite a journey. It's yeah. been quite a journey to relearn uh, how to coexist with the music that I love and dance music. Um, and then how to navigate all of that and still maintain a healthy mindset, um, stay healthy with my body and um, keep that creative juice going as um, I've learned to lean on alcohol and drugs to help produce or kick me up to that level where I felt like my creative confidence, a lot of that came from. Mm -hmm. And um, so yeah, it, this time around um, in sobriety, 
I real I'm really trying to navigate the thought process of I have to give up my music in order to be sober, which is what I did the first time. So the and first four four years, right, of sobriety. So yeah, that's when so you first, you you gave up music. I did. I did. Okay. I I just went really hard into the deep end of uh, drugs and alcohol, and just not really knowing who I was as an artist. Um, I got into a place where I felt like I was people pleasing, mm -hmm. and in that approach, you know, not really getting to know who I was personally. And so I became this image, the DJ image, and that pretty much is what I identified as. Yeah, so, so you were to... more like a, an avatar almost of yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I had the music, um, the network, the clothes, the hair, you know, all that stuff. So yeah. <laughs> it was just an image and almost like a shell of myself. And yeah, that's where abusing you know, alcohol and drugs came into what my lifestyle was. And so I, would, I wouldn't say it was rock bottom, but it was it was definitely, yeah, I guess it was my rock bottom because I guess rock bottom really means is when you stop digging, right? So yeah, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to figure out who I was. And so this time around, I'm, I want to be all of it and like, why not? So that's where You know, I have some creative projects that are live now that I put 100% focus on and it's keeping me engaged with the creative community and a lot of DJs who I can speak to who I never knew existed. Um, mm -hmm. It's really easy to feel alone when you're trying to figure out who you are and still have this love of music and yeah. on top of that be a sober DJ. Yeah, so, I can imagine. I wanted to go back a little bit to the first time around where you hit your rock bottom, let's say. How can you remember like where you were, what you were doing, what um, kind of triggered that moment or what kind of brought about that moment of you feeling like, okay, this is my rock bottom and this is like for me now it's done? Yeah, um, well, this last year uh, when I came to Um, I remember it vividly, um, July 1st, 2019, it was the morning of, and I came to, I had a pounding headache, uh, had a bunch of drinks the night before, and in the meantime, my uh, DJ career was picking up, I was traveling, um, you know, just getting to new, know different parts of the DJ industry, and it was inspiring creativity but alcohol crept back in and it was really taking a toll on me. And so July 1st, I, I just, I remember waking up and I was living in uh, Colorado, Denver at the time. And um, I looked out my window and it was the clearest, bluest sky. And I looked out and I just felt this rush of energy almost like a voice that said, May, you need to stop if you want to keep all of this. Mm. And <laughs> I, I know it sounds kind of hokey, but I, whether it's my inner voice or a higher power of some type, um, 
yeah, I just really had to listen to it. And I have never felt that level of obsession um, to want to make a change. And so that day... It was loud and clear I, for you. It was so <laughs> clear. It was so clear. I, I can't... It's so vivid as if it, it just happened. Like, it, I dug up everything that I could, listened to podcasts, everything I could do to stay sober that day and try to deter my routine, which is having a drink later that night, you know, and then go into that whole cycle again. So, yeah, it was it was more of a calling. Um, I got to a place where I was enjoying what I was experiencing. And I, if I didn't take that fork in the road, road or make that shift, um, I, I knew where it was going to go, so I had that. I had to listen to it. Yeah, it's almost like I mean, depending on what your belief system is, it to me it sounds like a almost like a divine intervention or something like really something that called you to in time to say stop and really, you know, take a different direction. Sounds like. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, from that point onward, moving forward, you you just mentioned changing up the routine and the routine being usually having a drink later that night that sounds really very familiar for me it's something that it's maybe weird to say but I like having a drink but it's really at a point in my life more and more as I become older and especially now that I'm a holistic coach I'm paying more attention to that it's really at a point where sometimes I do wonder like why am I having this drink like why what why do I feel like I like quote unquote this and so I wonder what it was like for you did you feel like it was difficult to not drink anymore in the beginning and how did like how how did that feel for you is what I'm curious about yeah um absolutely it was that that first day that first week um is really really intense i mean the first day it it actually feels like a withdrawal um i mean in hindsight i look at it alcohol we call spirits and so at that point i realized my spirit was depleted and so i was filling it with this synthetic uh you know uh, yeah with the synthetic uh a filler basically and there was a lot of things that I felt personally I wasn't also addressing or dealing with and in that that ball of time I was also working on uh, spirituality and so you know I had to rely on I would say faith but just spiritual growth uh, along with getting healthy in my body and mind and it, it is really hard and um, for me it is in a level uh, of addiction and so I'm having to relearn what what those triggers are if I do crave a drink or even just mindfulness and if I don't have that mindfulness why do I want to check out so there's that area that space where I re I'm, I'm relearning what, what those fellows are. And so, or I wouldn't say fillers, but support. 
right? Mm. So whether it's meditating, whether it's two minutes or 30 minutes or stretching and doing yoga or just reaching and keeping asking questions of, you know, what is my life and what do I want to do to design it? Um, I have to keep searching for that. Um, and then also take a breath and feel gratitude and really just be in the present moment and yeah. be in the moment as if, you know, when I'm having this conversation with you. So it's about that grounding. So it's ebbs and flows. <laughs> there's good days and there's bad days, um, but it's like a muscle or practice as much as you would practice on the decks or what your set looks like. Um, it's practice and the life that you want to lead. Yeah. It's something that I like to call what you, what you said, like fillers or support system. In my, in my coaching sessions with my clients, I call them your happy helpers. So whatever it is that you need, whether it's from your inner world, whether it's from the outside world, whether it's, for example, nature, a walk, mm -hmm. you know, a, a mineral stone, the sea, maybe thinking about like somebody, like a historical figure that you can draw inspiration from. Maybe it's a person in your life, like your happy helper, like who is your or what is your happy helper? And so that's definitely something that um, I also incorporated in my own life. And um, yeah, what you said about the grounding practice, that is something that in my life is so vital. I, I really need that every day, because if I don't do that, don't do that grounding practice, then it almost feels as if I'm kind of going outside of my body and it's like I'm no longer there and it makes me feel really anxious and nervous and like what's going on you know and so yeah I can definitely relate to that grounding practice um what I also wanted to ask is what about like cravings like alcohol or drug cravings like physical cravings or emotional cravings what 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 is that like for you like and how do you um cope with them yeah um i wouldn't say it's so much now um in definitely in the first year in the first six to nine months the cravings were there um it's taking it back to um, my routine so uh alcohol is pretty much everywhere you go in every situation there is a way to get alcohol <laughs> incorporated with true. it. <laughs> yeah it's true <laughs> yeah and um yeah so it's like breaking the almost like the ritual of it you know whether um you know it's for at dinner or celebrating or thinking it's a reward or you know if we had like a bad day and you just want to check out you know that kind of thing um yeah it's the craving is there uh fortunately uh the industry has created uh non-alcoholic beverages so there's alternatives out there and quite a bit of it now um you know i i think i read it at a blog somewhere or it was like a news piece that the non-alcoholic industries 
uh, set to be like a $3 billion industry wow, uh, that's by 2021. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they, they span from non-alcoholic beer, seltzer, wine, and mm-hmm. even spirits too. So, you know, there's yeah. that alternative there. So if, if for me, it was just almost like a physical security of having something in my hand. And, um, you know, I've used this approach with even gigs, um, where just having, you know, a, a mixed drink that doesn't have any alcohol in it, but it looks amazing and fancy and, you know, <laughs> just to have that there. And then it also helps de- deter, like, in a way, someone coming up and saying, do you want something to drink? Like, can I buy a shot? Or, you know, which is very common mm-hmm. uh, as a DJ. It's like, here you go. Here, I'm not, now I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's a really nice way to have that there um, visually. Um but yeah, I mean, to go back to answer your questions, the cravings are there. But for what I found for me is just to have a plan. Mm. Um, so a lot of that is even preparing um, to go into an environment where alcohol is present. And what does that look like for me? You know, and if I go with someone, say, hey, you know, this is my this is my word if I'm like this is my cold word if I'm feeling uncomfortable um, so that you'll know where I'm at and either that person will leave with me or I'll, I'll take a I, what I call a timeout, a space to just kind of gather myself. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good strategy to have, to have that cold word and that space where you can, you know, just regroup <laughs> before you go yeah. back in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, for sure. So it's been July 1st, 2019, right? Mm -hmm. So what would you say in your journey so far has been the most beautiful lesson that you have learned as a creative? And I think it would be nice to go into your, um, you know, your channel and your community, the Creative Sober with that, I would say. I, I see the, I guess the beautiful moment about it is that it keeps growing and it challenges me in all of the right ways, even if it includes exploring the things that I'm not proud of or that I look back and thought I could have done that different. The shadow um, work. The sh- Absolutely. Yeah, the shadow work and I, all of it, it, it just, it feels worth it. And it just keeps, it definitely at this point, it's bigger than, than myself. And to be able to learn how to trust it and lean in to what in the moment feels like fear or, uh, you know, the, the, those dark spaces to trust it so that the beautiful experiences can keep happening and the amazing connections that keep happening. Um, I would say that's, that's the beautiful part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That sounds, that sounds beautiful for sure. (laughs) And tell me about the creative sober for those of the people who are listening, who don't know what it is. What is it? How did you, 
start it? Why did you start it? Tell us everything. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm excited. The Creative Sober is um, an online community, and basically, it's where uh, a creative or artist, musician, DJ, uh, where we can all come together and share uh, our craft or a creation, and then also have the common ground of you know having a, a sober life you know whether it's not drugs or not taking uh, or not drinking whatever whatever that looks like so the pursuit of a clear life and remaining and creating you know and so um that was born for me on the first year of my sobriety which was this year and it all kind of made sense it just fell into place where um, you know globally we're going through this pandemic and the gigs were slowing down you know I've tried I, I did live streaming sets and whatnot and um, as much as they're fun um, the type of engagement wasn't there uh, which you know for, for me music is connection and yeah. so I was like, okay, what what can I do with this? I still want to learn about my sobriety and how to be a creative. And the best way that I have learned in this process is through stories. Right. And, you know, that's the oldest way of communicating best practices and lessons and and then also being able to share your your own truth of what that looks like and in many ways, it, it does help others, you know, even if you don't realize it or not, just just putting it out there into the universe. And um, yeah, that's that's how the creative sober started. And um, it's just building blocks of that. And I've been meeting amazing people around the world. And um, yeah, it's just been an incredible process. I mean, I just recently spoke to someone who has never done drugs or drank. Wow. And that that is that is just been his lifestyle. That's his amazing. Musician. I can almost not imagine that. It's crazy to say yeah. even, but like yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's um it, but I feel like we've all been there, right? We've At some been point, there. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we've we weren't born with like a glass of wine in our hands, you know, that would be so weird. <laughs> or a joint yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so oh it, yeah, it's been very eye-opening and inspiring <laughs> to have these conversations. So I, I'm just really grateful that I got the download to, you know, create the Creative Sober. Yeah, it's it definitely sounds amazing. I know when when I came across it, when I found it on Instagram, I was like, okay, this is this is somebody I have to talk to. Like, this is somebody that you know, as you said, stories are so powerful and are really the way for people to you know connect to because you really when you tell a story you connect to i would say the, the the deeper parts of yourself in whichever way you're telling it whether it's really directly or whether it's maybe behind you know like a a third person avatar or something whatever that looks like but i think those are definitely beautiful and i think this is also the reason why i started the show is to be able to tell stories and explore well-being and spirituality and just whatever I feel like sharing whatever is is on my mind then and then have it have somebody else 
tell it for me, you know, <laughs> which is what you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. And so what would you say to people out there who want to who wanna join your community? So who, who can join? What type of people are in there? What kind of activities do you do? Or what, what can we do in the Creative Sober? Yeah, um, well, it's still fairly new. Um, it's been a couple of months in. And right now I'm building, I would say the criteria, but just the different pockets of what the Creative Sober is. Um, because of the the different mediums that come through. So whether you're a painter or a DJ or a musician or an author, writer, whatever it may be, um, mm -hmm. I'm creating these different pockets where that can be um, shared or showcased. Um, right now we exist on social media. Um, so we're on Instagram primarily and we also have Facebook and then there's a website that's being created um, as we speak and then uh, we also have a podcast which is um, you know on pretty much on uh, any major podcast platform that you can listen to um, and we got a few episodes in uh, so far so right now we're just at that base ground uh, grassroots part of the uh, the project yeah which is and, um, super exciting any, yeah it is it is yeah. very organic you know yeah. and it, like I have moments where like oh that that makes sense you know mm -hmm. let's do this and um yeah it just keeps growing like a tree like the the limbs and the branches keep keep growing and um we'll see what that looks like and um yeah anyone anyone can join um I do have a uh, age restriction um, or uh, on the Instagram part of it um, because there is some sensitive content that sometimes come through and you know for us to heal and uh, kind of what my principle is, is is being yourself and sharing what feels okay to you mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of vulnerability there and then some topics that can trigger some trauma and and you know those those kind of topics there so there there is something there that says are you 18 and over kind of thing yeah that makes sense i mean yeah, yeah for sure definitely makes sense mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. that's wonderful awesome so i want to dive into a little bit because we will have the holidays coming up and so mm -hmm. obviously for many people um including myself that means well we will see how it goes of obviously with covid but for most people that will mean getting together with family or friends and yeah, there is alcohol, right? There is wine with this and wine with that and special beer here and special beer there, especially here in Belgium. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but so what would your advice be for people who really want to um, go through the holidays without drugs um, and or alcohol? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, well, first of all, I would, I would tell them congratulations, you know, for choosing you, um, because without you, none of this can be possible. So, um, congratulations. And when going into those environments, 
what works for me anyway is just really understanding and knowing why I chose to have a life of sobriety. If you understand why you're doing it and what the intention is, there's a little bit more support uh, when you're dealing with, with real-time situations when someone offers you a drink. And it's totally up to you whether you want to share why it is or if it's just plain as, no, thank you, I'm good. Um, you know, for me, if I'm going into those environments, you know, I mentioned that there's non-alcoholic mm-hmm. uh, alternatives. So if you feel like, oh, you know, I do want to bring something, um, maybe just even introducing what that looks like, you know, the, the bottle of champagne or wine. Um, I've heard stories where folks have brought non-alcoholic wine and it will circulate <laughs> They're the party and no one has any idea. (laughs) I know. I've had this happen like personally, like I would bring, yeah, like I'm, I'm also a huge fan of like non-alcoholic alternatives, whether it's like, um, you know, for like, um, I don't know, a spritz or like some Italian, like whatever martini type of thing, but non-alcoholic. And then, you know, you, you kind of just put it on the table and you suddenly see people drink it and you're like, I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> it's really hilarious because the taste is good. So it's really more mm-hmm. about, I would say, probably the taste. And then people really be like, oh my God, I should stop drinking. And you go like, well, actually, <laughs> you were not, but okay. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Loving yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so many, uh, there there's uh, alternatives out there and um and then go in with the plan. You know, if the environment doesn't feel comfortable to you, or at least if it gets to that point, give yourself permission that it's okay to leave. Like it just it it's okay. That's that's self care. If you're getting to a point where you just can't do it anymore, there's just it's okay to leave. You know, and I know that might feel bad. I know I've done it a couple of times where I'm like, I, I need to go and just feel really guilty, <laughs> um, you know, that I left the party and that, you know, I, the, the voice in your head, basically. And um, I just realized that at the end of the day, I'm the one who I go home with. And, you know, I'm not better for the people who are there at the party if my anxiety is running high and, you know, all, all of this. I'm not even present at that point. So mm-hmm. we'll do everybody a favor and do myself a favor. And I'm just going to excuse myself and just say how thankful I was to be there. Yeah. So, yes. So It's definitely yeah, about have, personal have boundaries, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, knowing where your personal boundaries are. And definitely, and this is something that I explain to a lot of people because I think many people don't really realize this, but your boundaries are about your own behavior and not about that of other people's behavior because you can't control that. If you could, then that would be really freaky and the world would look <laughs> differently, I would say. But anyway, it's it's about your own behavior. So it's it's really totally cool what you just said to give yourself permission to be like, hey, this is not feeling good to me, so I'm out. Like this is not what I need right now. And as you also mentioned, 
it's also better for the other people because I mean, you know, you're not going to be adding anything more positive to the atmosphere <laughs> if you're just sitting there with your anxiety and constantly feeling guilty about it and thinking about the anxiety and then, you know, it's this vicious cycle, obviously. Mm -hmm. I also liked what you said earlier about the code word. I think that's also definitely a good one to have. Maybe like, you know, when you're going into um, a family dinner or something, maybe you can have a family member or your partner or whoever is with you that you trust to just kind of have that code word so that you can maybe, I don't know, go outside for a minute together just to have a chat or whatever you want to do to regroup. I think that's definitely also a great idea. And then other than the tip that you already kind of gave um, when you're doing a set, again, we're not sure what's going to happen, but maybe in some cities or countries, it could be possible by the time it's New Year's. But so having that non-alcoholic beverage looking fancy and like a nice glass um, on your DJ booth can be like a nice tip. Um, would you have any other uh, suggestions or strategies other than the ones that you already mentioned um, more general ones but I'm sure they also apply to um, you know DJing and, and gigging and, and etc would you have any other suggestions that are more specific to going into a context of doing a DJ gig or doing something creative during the holidays yeah yeah um, well what I've I found is you know it, it might not always be an option but also picking it picking the gigs that you're going to be at. Um, you know, again, for me, music is connection. And so if I'm invited to do a gig or there's a potential party that I could be spinning with, um, how do I feel about the environment? You know, um, I, I feel like uh, I have enough experience to be able to know what that environment's gonna look like and then understanding what my level of engagement can be mm. in that and then also for me i'm pretty i'm pretty open about where i'm at in my journey um i have i'm comfortable with that being part of my story um just to see how being transparent about my journey has helped others and actually draw out other djs to do the same um, is enough for me to say, okay, I'm on the right path. Mm -hmm. And the more confident I feel of who I am, what my life looks like and how music is my channel and part of that, um, all of the story needs to be there. And at the end of the day, that's kind of what it is for me. So yeah. it just depends what you're comfortable with. There's different ways that you can approach it, whether it's Picking the gig that you're going to do your set at or having the uh, the drink behind the booth already or this is who I am. Um, no, thank you. I, I don't drink. Mm -hmm. well, it's totally up to you. So it just yeah. depends where you are on your journey. And it's okay to reach out for help too. If you need to have those conversations or play out what that situation is going to look like with someone else who will understand where you're coming from. I, I recommend that, you know, yeah. just kind of playing out that scenario first. Yeah, that sounds good. And then at least you can prepare and have the other person maybe be like the devil's advocate and try to draw you out a little bit so you can prepare for like unexpected 
replies maybe or or maybe people who might feel a little uncomfortable around you because of it or become defensive because of it you know it can play out in many different ways so yeah i think practicing the conversation before going into it is definitely a great tactic just uh just to know what what where you will stand in the event that that happens and also knowing that you're the one that's not drinking so you will definitely be lucid enough to um, stand your ground <laughs> I would say yeah well it's it's that practice again I mean we do a lot of practicing before we have our performance so the practice invested in who you are who you are who you are as a performer as well as the music music that you're you're practicing um, all of it comes together and I think in the end it it just makes you that even better artist that you are in performance yeah I agree I think it's definitely about being the more comfortable you become with who you are and your story and where you are on your journey the 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 less likely it is that something that someone will say will phase you because you're just more confidence in yourself and your story and who you are and you can find who that peace are. and calm yeah you can find that peace and calm yeah for sure so one last question before i round up when was the last time you did something for the first time that's a great question that's one of my favorite yeah. ones <laughs> <laughs> Especially when I see people go like, oh, I have to think about this. And then I'm like, yeah, interesting. Now something good is going to come up. <laughs> um, gosh, when was the first time I did something? Hmm. Well, the one thing that does come to mind, um, which is inspired by our conversation, is it was my first sober gig that was really really big for me um it was an underground party um had to play my tech house and deep house and all of that good stuff yeah. and um <laughs> but it's underground so it's one of those parties and um you know i got to travel out of state and then also do a b2b with another dj and close friend um completely sober and it, I was so nervous like <laughs> so I was I was like shaking I can imagine <laughs> yes. yeah and um yeah there was a lot of preparation I did for it um everything that I suggested going into a situation um playing out the, the scenario uh, confiding in a friend all of that um yeah that that was pretty a pretty epic for me um and just to say that i did it and i i, I did a great job yeah. <laughs> like, it was, yeah. i was yes all clear it was clear I enjoyed it great. and everything i enjoyed it yes yeah. I, mm -hmm. um got great feedback on it and you know got even invited to do a couple festivals because of it remembered and, it afterwards because yeah, you sure it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's a, that is so huge i look back and I, there's so many gigs that i don't remember anything and I don't even, that's so scary. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's bad that I'm laughing with this, but you know, it's just, yeah. 
yeah yeah and awesome. i have, i have to say i i think i just hearing like playbacks i i play a lot better <laughs> well yeah drinking. because you you you're <laughs> like consciously intentionally doing the thing and not like feeling like yeah i'm so freaking awesome but you're not but you had something to drink or you took something and you don't give an, give a fuck and like that's what happens right like but if you're sober oh, yeah. it's just yeah you're just really in it like your presence and mm -hmm. that's it's the that transference point. of energy yeah, yeah as, as opposed to letting your ego drive yeah yeah, yeah exactly mm -hmm. i think that's a really nice one to round up this conversation with so people can find you um, on Instagram and Facebook, but you're mostly on Instagram, right? Like, um, mm -hmm. mostly active there. It's at the Creative Sober, I think. Yeah, on yeah, Instagram. at the Creative Sober. Uh -huh. At the Creative Sober. So, if people want to give you a follow and join your community and share stories and just follow the movement as it's growing and as it's expanding. Uh, so, it's at the Creative Sober on Instagram. And um, thank you so, so much. For joining in on this conversation i really really enjoyed it very much and um yeah i wish you a nice end to this really crazy year and mm -hmm. um yeah i will you talk too. to you very soon <laughs> yeah thank you so much for having me you're so welcome <laughs>
Oh, <laughs> 